0: Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com.
1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave,
0: Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to a special edition of the Fantasy Football Podcast. This is a special DFS The much promised DFS edition. I am your host, Keith Cummings. I am joined by Mike McClure. I'm sure you've heard Mike on this podcast before or on Daily Fantasy Live once upon a time. Maybe seen him on CBS Sports HQ. Mike, we meet again. We meet
2: again. It's good to see your face. It's good to hear your voice. And it's good to talk DFS
0: We have a lot to talk about in a short period of time. We're going to go over the situation with the Raiders running back. So I'll give you a couple of core plays for both my cash and tournament lineups. We'll talk about injury replacements, Vegas totals, favorite stacks, matchups, and more. Let's just get this started. And I had a really catchy plan. I have four core players, the core four. I know many people have thought of that before. And then Ian Rappaport ruined it with a tweet about Josh Jacobs, that Jacobs had an MRI on his shoulder, and it didn't look so bad. And that unless he has a setback, he's going to play this week. And that might just ruin DeAndre Washington week. Mike, what do we do first off? Let's pretend like Ian Rappaport had never tweeted this, or that maybe he's not totally accurate. And Josh Jacobs is ruled out on Sunday. What are you doing? If Jacobs is ruled out on
2: Sunday, uh, I think it's as simple as if you're playing cash games, you're playing Washington. Uh, but you still have to consider Jalen Richard here as well. Um, got a little bit of run, especially on the last drive there. I think that he's going to get more run if this situation arises again. But if Jacobs is ruled out and we know it, I think you're eating the chalk there no matter what and playing Washington. I think you could consider playing both of them in the same lineup. But if Jacobs is out, you're playing Washington.
0: Agree 100%. The much more difficult question is, what do we do if Josh Jacobs plays? And I think where it gets really tough is, let's say Josh Jacobs doesn't practice tomorrow, has a partial participation on Friday and is questionable. And then on Sunday morning, we hear, Josh Jacobs is going to try to play this week.
2: Yeah, if that happens, I think that I'm probably going to just simply avoid the situation. Uh, it does depend on what site you're playing on. I think it's easier to avoid the situation on FanDuel than it is on DraftKings. Uh, but if we don't have any news on that, I, I think you kind of have to fade it, especially since it's going to be an afternoon game, right? So because of that, you're not going to have inactives before lineups lock. Um, on, on FanDuel, I'm definitely fading it. On DraftKings, most likely going to fade it all
0: So we won't have a core four. In fact, I got cold feet on a different guy. So we're just going to have a core two. And uh, maybe Mike will give a third player if there's somebody that I don't mention throughout this episode. And that's certainly possible. But the one guy who, and I I think I tweeted this earlier, uh, my opinion is everyone should just play Chris Carson in every lineup. And we will have a contest to see who can build the best lineup with Chris Carson, because he has a fantastic matchup. Against a Carolina Panthers defense that has given up more fantasy points than any other team to running backs this season. Carson is obviously in a run-heavy situation when they can. Kyle Allen will probably give them that opportunity. Rashad Penny has torn his ACL, so Carson won't have to share as much as he has the past two or three weeks. And he's not priced like a top two or three running back like he should be.
2: Yeah, Carson is the closest thing to the, the free square we have now since the Raiders situation is very unclear. Uh, he's definitely going to be in, you know, cash game lineups. I think it's to the point where the value is so strong that you're really not even worried about the ownership in tournaments there. I think you're just playing Chris Carson this week. Uh, 7,400 over there on FanDuel should be 8K minimum, uh, probably closer to 8,500 if we're being honest there. So I 100% agree with you there on Chris Carson. Uh, as far as on DraftKings goes, it was not necessarily a lock-button situation for me. It was close, but it wasn't a lock-button situation. But now with this Raiders situation with Josh Jacobs, it's becoming very, very easy to just play Chris Carson and then play some of the other value running backs that we might talk about in a bit.
0: So let's talk about the injury replacements, because I don't know that there's a ton of value running backs, but there is so much value everywhere else because of all the injuries that we had in week 15. And we'll start with quarterback, and you may disagree. I started out in the notes with this as a question, and then I replaced the question mark with an exclamation point because I was so excited. Eli Manning is in play against the Miami Dolphins. Agree or disagree?
2: Absolutely agree. Uh, Eli is definitely embracing this as is basically his last opportunity to play football. Uh, if you looked at it, I believe his wife went to the game in Philadelphia for the first time in many years. Had Was quoted as talking about it's pretty obvious why she made the trip. Uh, Eli Manning is absolutely embracing this. He, you know, look, he's rested. He's healthy. Um, you know, we're getting a guy that's only playing as basically his second game here. So Back at I, home? I agree with you.
0: The crowd? Getting, giving him a send off against the Dolphins. Maybe the best matchup in fantasy. Eli Manning is in play. Let's talk about the wide receivers. And this is like a, I don't remember what they used to call these matchups in the, I think it was a WCW that did them where you had a wrestler that started in each corner. Um, it's not like a full battle royal or anything like that, but just like a four way match. And it's a doozy. Isaiah Ford versus Alan Hearns versus Justin Watson versus brashad perryman who comes out on top of your terrible value wide receiver rankings in the terrible
2: wide receiver value rankings i'm going to have the most exposure to alan hearns and watson i, I think that that's where i feel the best about i like the ceiling play for both of those two um so i'll, I'll have some watson for sure and like i said a little bit of alan hearns sprinkled in uh, especially over there on fanduel
0: see i, I kind of look at it as first off Brashad Perryman. Is one of the worst wide receivers in the NFL. He has the lowest catch rate of any player in the NFL since he was drafted. I'm not playing Bashad Perryman. So Watson's definitely my favorite Buccaneer. Isaiah Ford might be my favorite overall just because of the big target bump that he saw as soon as Parker went out. I mean, Hearns is, it's kind of a similar situation because Hearns and Perryman have been playing and saw small boosts, Watson and Ford kind of just almost took over that role in terms of the targets, at least for for week 14. And if Defonday Parker's out, which he was back at practice, but still in the protocol, they're going to throw the ball 20 to 25 times to their wide receivers against the Giants. And so I think Ford and Hearns are are both in play. The only one I'm not going to play is Brashad Perryman. So you'll go... Hearns and Watson. I'll go Ford and Watson. Play Justin Watson.
2: Definitely play Watson. But to your point there, we talked about Eli Manning briefly. If you're playing Eli Manning lineup, I would definitely lean towards Ford. Uh, Go ahead and stack that game up. There will be some passes thrown in that game. So, yeah, definitely. If you're playing Eli Manning lineup, make the option to play Ford there in that one.
0: That was so good as far as a transition, Mike. I know you did it on purpose talking about stacks. We're going to talk about our favorite team stacks and two man stacks next. First, let's talk about the top implied totals from Vegas. A couple of interesting things here because I don't like, it's not part of my process through the week to just list all of the totals, writing them down. And something stood out to me. The 49ers actually have the highest implied total on the s- slate at 29. Chiefs 28.25, Seahawks 27.25, Titans 26.5, Raiders 26. Now I've been strongly considering multiple Seahawks. I don't ever overlook the Chiefs. Um, Ryan Tannehill is an AJ Brown, very excited about Derrick Henry, the Raiders situation. We led the show. I haven't thought about playing any 49ers all week up until the point that I did this. And they've got the highest implied total on the slate.
2: Yeah, it's really difficult to get there. I think that, uh, you know, in my model, I'm going to like Waller. I'm going to like Travis Kelsey. So it's kind of difficult for me to get to George Kittle over both of those two players. And then Emmanuel Sanders is the only other guy that I think provides the ceiling that I'm really looking for. And I I just I don't think that I, I like the game script on it enough to get there. So I'm right there with you. It's odd to see the top projected team in terms of implied total. And, you know, I, I've run lineups in early scenarios here and I don't have any exposure either.
0: Yeah, just uh, kind of a weird thing. So who who would you say if you if you have a team on this slate, your favorite team stack where you might play three or four players in one tournament lineup? Obviously not a strategy you're going to use a lot.
2: Uh, in a tournament lineup, it's for sure going to be the Houston Texans for me. Uh, I'm definitely going to be playing Watson uh, handcuffed with Hopkins, get a little bit of the running game in there. Um, so, yeah, it, it'll be Houston for sure.
0: So Watson to Hopkins, your favorite two player stack. I, I keep coming up with, and this is not what you would think of, um, in terms of a two player stack, but I kept coming up with Russell Wilson and Chris Carson. And generally speaking, there's not a great, uh, relationship there between quarterback and runner, running back production, but the Seahawks are kind of weird because if Russell Wilson has a big day, it's because their offense went bananas.
2: Like that. Yeah, no, it's definitely one spot where you can stack that up. I I think with a, a quarterback like Russell Wilson, I don't think you need to look at like historical correlations, you know, league wide trends. Right. Uh, you can definitely get away with stacking quarterback running back there, uh, especially with that implied total that they've got. I like that quite a bit.
0: Well, I I just took a quick glance. This is no study at all, but just a quick glance at how it worked out this season. And some of Carson's best games are the games where Wilson just absolutely blew up. So, yeah, I don't have any concern about playing those two together. How do you feel about the Chiefs this week? I I, kind of always want to just have a couple of Patrick Mahomes lineups in case it's the week that he finally does what he does again. But I'm not like, again, my model's not going to tell me to play any of them. Yeah, so
2: my model's actually quite high on Travis Kelsey. Um, okay, Mahomes. yes, I, I, that, uh, yes,
0: Travis Kelsey, yeah. I will have.
2: So typically, when I, if I'm paying up at tight end, I'm almost always going to be handcuffing them in tournaments for sure, at least. So I will have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey lineups. I will have a Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill lineup. Um, I like him in the spot. Broncos just played well. Um, I, I think this is a really good spot for Mahomes. I think a lot of people are probably just simply like you look at what you can do. You can play Watson and Hopkins or you can play Mahomes and Kelsey or Mahomes and Tyreek. I think a lot of people are going to go the Houston route in this matchup here. I, I think that Mahomes might be under owned here in this spot. I think this could be a really good leverage spot for Patrick Mahomes.
0: Are there any offenses that kind of under the radar this week in terms of what their implied total is or what perception is that you would like to have uh, a few tournament lineups with?
2: I I think it's probably going to be the Philadelphia Eagles for me. Uh, On the road against Washington, just played pretty poorly on Monday Night Football, although they did escape with a win. A little injury to Alshon there. I think that we're we're talking Zach Ertz here, and I, I do think that you can handcuff him with wins if you want to. Um, But I do like Ertz. I will have a few double tight end lineups this week when I'm playing Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz together. Um, so I'll be on Zach Ertz and the Eagles.
0: Okay, let's get to my core player number two. It is Julian Edelman. This Patriots offense is absolutely terrible, but the only positive of it is it's going all through Edelman and James White here lately. They don't have anybody that can win down the field. They can't run the football and listen, the Cincinnati Bengals are terrible. If you're ever going to have a player like Edelman catch a pass close to the line of scrimmage and break it for a, a big play, it's going to be against a team that tackles like the Bengals do. So I like his involvement. I like the, uh, even the game flow. Like, no, I don't think the Bengals are going to put up much of a fight. But I'm not sure that the Patriots can have extended clock killing drives where they run the ball right now.
2: Yeah, that is a major concern with them. Uh normally this would be a spot where I just pretty much auto fade Edelman just because of that. And there there are receivers that I like in that range, but uh this is not necessarily a Patriots team of years past where they can manipulate the clock like that and really just coast, if you will, to a win. Um so yeah, I, I like it. I, I think Edelman's in play. He he will be in my player pool, but He will not be one of my core players in my optimal lineups this week.
0: That's hurtful. Maybe we'll find one of your core players in this next section talking about the matchups. I kind of feel like matchups sometimes get overplayed when it comes to a weekly analysis. And I think that matchups mostly just matter on the peripherals. 75% of the teams playing each week, I don't do anything to factor the matchup into play except possibly uh, something from Vegas. So. We're going to talk about which matchups actually matter. At quarterback, there are three quarterbacks that we don't think are actually very good right now. Playing against three defenses that are definitely terrible. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, Eli Manning. I know we've both already talked about Eli Manning is going to be in play. Do you have any interest in Baker or Minshew?
2: Uh, not really. Um, I'll, I'll play some Leonard Fournette if I want to get a little exposure, uh, to Jacksonville there. So I'm not, I'm out on that. Um, mm-hmm. But probably for me, I'm going to be pretty concentrated on just Eli when it comes to to that group. I'll wait and see on Baker. Um, yeah, I just I don't like handcuffing, right? So I, I'm looking at who I would handcuff with Baker. And I don't feel comfortable with a lot of the players at their price points and the positions that they play. Um, but again, everything we're talking about here is unfortunately it hinges very heavily on what happens with Jacobs and the Raiders
0: because it opens up so much and it really dictates what you're going to do with the rest of your build. Well, yeah, you're going to play a lot more Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes lineups. If you can play Deandre Washington. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about running back. Chris Carson, obvious one. This may be a sneaky one though. Philip Lindsay, basically gets 18 touches every week. And I know he's been inefficient over the last couple of weeks, but for his career, he's been very efficient. For the season, he's still been well above average in terms of efficiency. He is priced like a number two running back with one of the best matchups on the slate. Do you have any interest in Lindsay? I do have interest in Lindsey. Um When I play him, though, again, it would be part of a game stack. So, I
2: again, we're talking in my Mahomes lineup. We're talking in a Travis Kelsey-type lineup. Um If I'm playing Lindsay, it's going to be Banking on that scenario that that game kind of pops off, if you will. So not going to be like optimal lineup play for me, at least at, at this right. point in the week. Um, But certainly someone that I would be considering in tournament lineups.
0: At wide receiver, Kenny Galladay gets the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It does not get much better than that. But they have been better over the last month defensively. David Blau is terrible at quarterback. And... I'm not so certain that Marvin Jones going out is going to be a plus for Galladay, because Tampa Bay really only has to cover one deep wide receiver now. Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm
2: not really on Galladay, but I will tell you that I am on Danny Amendola this week. I think that he's someone you can look to for value on Fanduel over there. I believe he's 5400. Uh, I I think he makes a lot of sense if you're looking for some exposure to the Lions passing game, Uh, obviously significantly less risk than allocating so much capital with Kenny Galladay.
0: And then Darius Slayton, listen, he's been the number one wide receiver on the giants for the past month. He is the only receiver that has targeted downfield. Eli Manning is not going to have any pressure so he can wait for Slayton to get downfield against the dolphins. I've got, Darius Slayton is almost a top 12 wide receiver regardless of price this week, and he's not priced like one. He's definitely not priced like one. It's going to be very
2: interesting to see what the ownership and ownership projections look like on that. Uh, You know, you obviously always get people chasing box scores after a big game like that on on his career night. Um, I will have a little bit of exposure, obviously, in my Eli Manning lineups. I think what you're saying is you might even consider playing him without a handcuff. I'm not
0: going to play him in cash. Okay. But yes, he could be my second wide receiver. Like if I had a Russell Wilson or a, a Kelsey and Mahomes, he might be one of the receivers that comes into the mix. I mean, Edelman's okay. going to be one of them. I could definitely
2: see that. I, I could totally see that. Um, I think that I would probably be kind of buying low, if you will, on maybe Sterling Shepard. Um, but. Overall, if I'm playing Slayton personally, it's going to be an Eli Manning handcuff. And, you know, as of right now, I'm planning to play my 10 lineups is what I normally play on each site. Um, I will have at least 20% exposure to Eli, maybe 30.
0: Ooh, that is like I I put the exclamation point. You're putting two more at the end of it. I like it. (laughs) At tight end, I'm so sick and tired of the Arizona versus tight end situation. Vance McDonald last week and I didn't play him. Um I didn't I didn't like him. Now it's David Njoku. And it's not because I want to play David Njoku, it's because there's a subset of the population that's definitely going to play David Njoku, and I'm terrified it's going to work.
2: Yeah, look, I hope that doesn't happen. Um they they obviously very they they suck against the tight end position. Um fortunately Baker has sucked at times this year. The Browns have sucked. Um I can pretty confidently tell you at this point I'm not planning to play
0: Njoku this week. There are a couple of cheaper tight ends, though, that have great matchups. Nick O'Leary, the Raiders are terrible against tight ends, and I think that will be a game where they have to throw a lot. And DJ Chark's probably not going to be there, so there could be some more targets available. And then Ian Thomas, Greg Olson was back at practice but is still in the protocol. And again, another situation where they're going to be playing from behind, and he saw 10 targets last week.
2: Yeah, so I'm more, way more likely to play Ian Thomas. Um, you know, I find some correlation there with playing Chris Carson in the lineups as well. We already know we're playing Chris Carson, so it makes a lot of sense to look in that direction. And, and frankly, even though they're, they're playing against Dallas, kind of middle of the road there against the position, uh, I kind of like Tyler Higbee too. Uh, you know, looking at the delta in price between him and Njoku. Um, we already know that Njoku is going to have a few extra ownership percent, more than he should, just because of it's week 15 and the trend is alive and well. Um I, I won't be playing Njoku. I'll be playing Higby. I'll be playing Ian Thomas as long as that looks like it's going to be viable.
0: And then mostly Kelsey, of course.
2: Mostly Kelsey and a touch of Ertz. I do like Zach Ertz.
0: How do you feel about the cheap? Defenses this week. I mean, you got the Giants and Dolphins playing against each other. I don't think the Giants are a very good matchup for defenses when Eli's playing because he's just too safe. Um, you've got the Browns against Arizona, but I kind of like Kyler more than I like the Browns. You've got the Eagles against Washington, but the Eagles have played teams that were supposed to be great matchups for them each of the last two weeks. And they've like against the Dolphins and Giants, they've scored like five fantasy points.
2: Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, you mentioned, the uh, against the Browns, right, and the Browns' defense uh, against Kyler. There, I think that that's one that I would be somewhat interested in. But the one I'm most interested in right now is actually Kansas City, 3900 on Fanduel. I think it's a very fair price point for them. I like them after Denver's played very well, you know, in this last game. I think this is a good spot for the Kansas City defense.
0: My favorite cheapie, and listen. Baker Mayfield has scored fewer fantasy points per game this season than Marcus Mariota. He's turning it over almost as much as Jameis. He's on the road at Arizona. I think that I'm going to play the Arizona defense at 3,500.
2: Yeah, I I have no problem with that at all. Uh, definitely rates within range where they're in consideration for me. Um, it's either them or Kansas City right now on FanDuel.
0: Okay. So we're going to get weird here in just a second and name a couple of guys that maybe off the radar that we'll have a little bit of exposure to this week. But, uh, let's kind of review for a second. So we've got Chris Carson. I'm, I, I feel like Julian Edelman will not be one of your core players, but you're okay with saying it's someone that, uh, we as a group are behind. You're playing a lot of Mahomes and Kelsey. You're playing a lot of Watson and Hopkins. It's not hard to play Carson and Edelman with those pairings at all. Cheap defenses. You like the Chiefs? Are how do you feel about playing the Chiefs defense with Mahomes or Kelsey though?
2: I think it's fine. I think this is a week that Kansas City just comes out and rolls, right? I, I think that this is one of those weeks where you could see KC Chiefs fan forty-two winning the Millionaire Maker this week okay. uh, with, with a stack here, where you're gonna, basically going to have Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek, and the Kansas City defense. I think that while that's not the median outcome of this game, oh, right. I think it's certainly. A very possible outcome that you're going to get a very nice, you're going to get nice leverage on it because I think we've kind of discounted with the way Mahomes has played. We think there's a little injury concern, obviously. I think we've kind of discounted the fact that the Chiefs are still one of the best teams in the NFL and they could easily have a very dominant game here in week 15.
0: Is there a player besides Chris Carson? Now I know DeAndre Washington would be, but is there a player besides Chris Carson that we've not said this about already that should just be locked in and we'll figure the rest out.
2: Um, locked in and figure it out. Probably not.
0: I mean, is Kelsey the closest?
2: Kelsey is the closest thing for me.
0: Yes. Oh, well, the first, the first lineup I've got has got Carson Edelman and Kelsey, and I'm not going to quit Leonard Fournette either. He like he's just got touches the ball too many times. The Raiders are bad. I know things have looked bad for Jacksonville lately. They are bad too, but I'm not quitting Leonard Fournette at 7,700. All right, let's get weird. I don't care if it's for FanDuel or if it's for DraftKings, and it can be someone that we talked about already if you don't have a better answer, because I don't want you to just throw a name out there that you have no consideration of player, but who weirdest quarterback you're considering playing this week? Weirdest quarterback I'm considering playing?
2: Um I mean, I'm going to play Ryan Fitzpatrick still.
0: Okay. That's, so. that's, that is absolutely the definition of what I was going for with this segment. And I'm going to play Gardner Minshew still. So yeah, Fitzmagic uh, 7,300 on Fanduel, Minshew 6,900. Um, both with fantastic matchups. And I, I mean, you can play the quarterbacks on the other side of that. We've already said, we're going to play Eli. Who is the weirdest running back you're considering playing? Cause it's not Deandre Washington.
2: I mean, if we stick with the theme. Do we? Are we calling Patrick Laird weird at this point?
0: Uh, I'm definitely playing him, so I'll, I'll be going that route. Um, Back when we thought that DeAndre Washington, you know, just a couple hours ago, was the must play on the slate, I actually had a segment set up to talk about playing Patrick Laird in tournaments as a pivot off of DeAndre Washington.
2: I mean, it makes sense, but I, if we're being honest now, I think Laird is probably going to be very popular in in all formats now. Uh, I I think that we, that's kind of what happens, right? When we look at DFS and we like, we get to the point where it's Wednesday and we've all been looking at it for a few days, we kind of make up our mind where we're going to go. And when one Mm -hmm. value running back is gone, we just kind of want to make, we want to force it, right? We always do that. And I think that's what's going to happen with the field on Patrick Laird this week, regardless of what happens with Jacobs and the Raiders. So I I think he's going to be very popular in all formats.
0: I am definitely going to play some Lindsay and I expect him to. I don't, I don't know what I expect. I mean, he's on the road, road and a huge underdog, but everybody knows about the Chiefs run defense. But I think, I think Lindsay will be pretty weird this week. He definitely will be weird this week. Um, but I, I agree with you. I, I, it's one of those, I'll have that
2: same scenario, right? I'm going to stack the chiefs, play the chiefs defense, but I'm also going to have right. full two lineups.
0: Okay. At wide receiver, is it uh, Alan Hearns for you?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll definitely have Alan Hearns, uh, be stacking him up there as well. Um, let's see other mid range, maybe receiver. I, Danny Amendola, I, I'm playing Amendola, um,
0: I, have? I will stick with the same theme and say Chris Conley because I think a lot of the people that do play Minshew are going to play the Minshew-Westbrook combo. And I will definitely have like I, the idea of putting together Minshew, Fournette, and Chris Conley. That, that gets me really excited. Probably more excited than it should. But um one more week of hoping for Gardner Minshew to come back to what he was. A uh, really sneaky play. Kelvin Harmon, he's been playing a lot more and a lot better recently, and he gets mm-hmm. that matchup against Philadelphia, and they're probably going to be playing from behind, and he's only 4,800 on FanDuel.
2: I like it. We uh, could see a little Darby there. I think that that's going to be a good spot for him. Uh, if I were to do it, I'm certainly uh, going to either have Sanders or Ertz um, I'm going to have some sort of Philly exposure on the other side for me to make that play. Uh, otherwise I'm just simply going to be playing some of the other value wide receivers we talked about earlier. But if you are planning to play some Philadelphia Eagles, yeah, I could see playing Kelvin
0: Harmon. And uh, tight in, I already gave mine away. It's Nick O'Leary. Nick O'Leary is my weird tight end. I, I 5,300. I guess it's just Jacksonville for me. That's been a problem the last couple of weeks. It's not worked out extremely well. But uh, if you just put Chris Carson and Julian Edelman and Jacksonville in a lineup, it's going to it's gonna be wonderful. Yeah, what
2: could go wrong? Jacksonville stack, I can't see anything going wrong with that this week. Um, for me, it's going to be Mike Gasecki. I'm going to stick on the, the Dolphins theme. I'm going to have a lot of Dolphins, a lot of Giants, and that's what happens when these two time teams play each other in Week 15.
0: Yeah. And Jacksonville and the, like, this is, uh, this is good. The NFL should be very happy that we have fantasy football so that we are excited about the Dolphins and Giants, Jacksonville Jaguars and Oakland Raiders. I hope you all are excited about the fact that we did this podcast. And I do have a request that you send an email to fantasyfootball at com with your thoughts positive only please no you could say something negative if you want to about adam um but not about mike and i no just your thoughts on this experiment whether you'd like for it to continue how you would like for it to be different or better that would be great and we may talk to you next week good luck mike Mike.
1: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you